All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Great Iron Zero's podcast. Uh, we got a very exciting 84th show for you today. We're going to be talking first and last in the first segment. Uh, going to be predicting uh, what's upcoming this season in terms of who's going to get fired first, who's going to get traded first, who's going to lose first, who's going to win first. Uh, and then we jump into follow the money. The boys are coming off a hot week, uh, so we give out some picks for this upcoming week. And then we finally get to the recap of the Lions-Falcons game that happened this past Sunday. It was a sensational watch. And then we jump right into the re- or, uh, preview for this upcoming game against the Packers on Thursday night in Lambeau. Let's jump right into it. Okay, Al, week three is coming and gone. It's been a juicy three weeks uh, through the start of the season. Uh, and we're going to be talking first and last today. I wanted to ask, like, was this idea for the segment kind of uh, prompted by the Dol- the Dolphins' like huge game, like first 70-point affair in X amount of years? In the last game, Russell Wilson will ever play. <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's a twofer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to be talking uh, which coach we think is going to be fired first, which uh, winless team will get be the last to get their first win, uh, what undefeated team will be last to get their first loss, uh, which superstar is going to be traded off their team first, and uh, which quarterback is going to be benched first. The caveat with that one is the obvious choice, Zach Wilson, is off the board because he is technically not a starter. He is a backup. Uh, so Even though he should be the first one to be benched. Even though he is the most obvious choice. Uh, all right, Al, uh, why don't you kick us off? Let's, let's start with the coaches. So first coach to be fired. First coach to be canned this year, I believe the front runner right now might be Eberflus. Oh well, I was gonna say I think there's an obvious front runner, not not Eberflus. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm talking in terms of uh, odds. On oh, all right. Books. Well, yeah, that's I would assume that he is. That's still surprising to me because I th- I think the the number one hot seat coach to be fired candidate, so first to be fired, mm-hmm. Brendan Staley. Yeah, I, that's who I have down because they're they're a team who's expected to go make a Super Bowl run, and right now. But they are nowhere close to that. No. Um, extremely – they get their first win this past Sunday against the Vikings, 28-24. to 24. They make a very questionable call that doesn't go their way at the end of the game where they have, I think, like fourth and one on their own 33 or so. Uh, they go for it. They don't get it. He does a fullback dive on a team where you have Justin Herbert. That's like the number one thing. If you're fourth and one and you have a generational talent at quarterback, how are you not given? How are you not putting the game in his hands? It's the inability to use the talent that he has in his roster in the right way, which like you look at Mike McDaniel and where we're going to be probably giving him his flowers a lot on, on the show as is everybody else. <laughs> yep. But you look at him and other successful coaches in the league, they optimize the talent on the roster. They use them in ways that are, this player is good at this. This quarterback's good at this. We should scheme this way. Let's adjust to do this. Uh, you don't see that with Brandon Staley. He's got a plethora 
of talent on both sides of the ball, even though they lost Mike Williams for the year. Shocker. First Chargers receiver to go on IR. Yep. Uh, you just you don't see those like th- those adjustments and like that fluid like coaching. It's just it's it's not it's not working. And I know they got a win, but to me, he's on the hottest seat right now, uh, just because of the expectation that this team has and Justin Herbert getting paid. This defense, there's just there's no reason for it. They they should not be one and two, probably staring down the barrel of under 500 by the midseason. Uh, you know, running back real quick to Mike Williams, speaking of Chargers wide receivers, uh, another thing to note is that uh, Keenan Allen had about 200 yards in that game, uh, which really just, again, begs the question, if you have fourth and one, A, how are you not putting the ball in Herbert's hands? B, how are you not – I mean, like, even if you're not going to the Keenan Allen – you have to run a decoy or something because he's been killing that defense all fucking day. I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, so I had Brandon Staley down and he was my first and foremost choice. I've been out on that guy ever since last year's playoffs. I will say on Eberflus though, cause you kind of briefly touched on him as, mm-hmm. as a possible person, as a, as a favorite, I have a backup too. Uh, he, he definitely is someone that you can make an argument for just because of how quickly this thing is becoming nuclear with the bears. It is my God. Is it becoming, nuclear? we, we were sitting here in the beginning of the, you know, season, maybe like the early preseason kind of thinking, Hey, maybe, maybe they might get a couple more W's than last year. Maybe they'll do some nice things and maybe they'll grow up, but it has been uh, a very, very bleak beginning to the season for them on multiple levels. And uh, he would also be a guy that I would not be surprised if I checked my phone in 20 minutes from now and he was fired for how about, some reason. How about this one, Al? Josh McDaniels. I, uh, I, I like that pick too, but I think they they just ha- they have to stick with them this year. Uh, no matter if if the season ends up becoming a, a complete debacle and they're losing left and right, which is very like you know in the realm of possibility. Uh, I think maybe we start talking about that, but right now I, I don't think there's any way they can pivot off him. This this whole roster and this whole staff is like so built for a Patriots Josh McDaniels system that they are going to be fucked if they don't have him running the show as bad of an option as it is uh you also sunday, guys quitting on him now too by the way sunday night football uh fourth and four they're down by eight it's fourth and four i want to say on the steelers 12 yard line 13 yard line they were in the red zone and it's fourth and four they're down by eight he kicks a field goal to go down by five and puts the ball in his defensive defense hands uh which they give up a first down they lose the game uh, I I don't remember the exact quote he had after, but uh, he said I, I believe he said something along the lines of, uh, "Well, if you're down eight, you're gonna have to go score a touchdown either way." Uh, like yeah. So why didn't you try to go score a touchdown? Going for the win, I guess. I don't know. Uh, bad coaching. It's, it's it's bad coaching. Bad coaching. Um, and then yeah, like you said. Devontae Adams, after the game, also mentioned something about how the Raiders are not building a winning culture. Uh, so he is uh, definitely on the hot seat. We remember very clearly what happens when good players speak out against the coaching of the Patriots way. Uh, they get shipped out pretty quickly and for not a whole lot. Well, I feel like that's a pretty 
don't know if this is the order we have it structured in here, but I feel like that's a pretty natural segue into first superstar to be dealt mm-hmm. uh, this season. And would he be high up on your list? He did. He was one of the names I had written down. I have one that's obvious, uh, Adams, and then one I think might not be as obvious. Uh, which one do you want me to go with? Well, let's talk about the one you think is obvious. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor will be shipped off the Colts, I, I think, relatively soon. Uh, he, although I, I, at this point, I don't know what you're going to get for him. You're not going to get a whole lot. Uh, you look at the Eagles, who just traded a sixth-round pick for DeAndre Swift, and he is uh, murdering defenses. Uh, rightfully so. I mean, he's, I, I could run for 75 yards behind the Eagles offensive line. Well, Swift, Swift will be having these mind-blowing stats until he doesn't. Yeah, it, until it, he doesn't. It, will, it will peter out, he most will likely. reach the inevitable at some point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you keep watching the season play out. Uh, guys who uh, were holding out for contracts, Saquon Barkley goes down in week two with an injury. Josh Jacobs uh, has yet to gain 100 yards through three games total. Uh, through 12 quarters, he does not have 100 yards, and he was the league leader in rushing yards last year. Uh, the value for running backs is just plummeting, plummeting. So, you know, the one team that did reach out and try to go get him, the Miami Dolphins, just came to the realization that they don't need a running back. They didn't want to. Pony well, they up. Have, they have two or three that are <laughs> apparently really good. But they, they just didn't want to pony up the capital that the Colts were asking for at the time. And, and right. like, yeah, it turns out maybe they don't need to do that because they can make it work with pretty much whoever in the backfield. Mostert had four touchdowns in the last game. Yeah. So, uh, rookie, uh, a chain, I think his last name yeah. is. He, uh, he had some nice plays too, a couple scores. Uh, two, real good. So they don't even have to rely on the running game as much because they're just throwing the damn ball so much. And Tyreek Hill uh, looks unstoppable. Um, so I don't know when he's going to get dealt. I have to imagine it soon because we're almost – we're basically on the doorsteps of week four, um, and he should be returning after week four. But uh, I don't think he's going to play for the Colts. Um and I don't know if they're going to deal him because they're they want a first round draft pick for him. And he, I don't care who you are as a running back, you're just not worth that. So uh, he is he is my obvious one in my opinion. What what about you? Well, I don't know what if do I think? I don't know if I have a super obvious one. I Adams was definitely someone that I thought about. I also thought about Josh Jacobs too, just because of how bad he's looked the first couple weeks and the fact that he's also on a band-aid deal and they also don't want to pay him which uh i can understand i suppose i mean i feel like he looks as bad as he looks because he missed almost all of camp yeah that's he's definitely not in ship shape and plus that offense is what it is uh but how about a how about an interesting one here i don't think this is a very obvious one but it's going to depend on the vikings uh season continuing to go into a downward spiral where they're not really in competition for division title or playoff berth, but how about Kirk Cousins? I think it's very possible. I think I don't think the Jets are a team that would do that, even even with Zach Wilson being what he is right now, mm-hmm. because they obviously have so much vested in 
you know, invested in Aaron Rodgers that it wouldn't make any sense to go do that. They've already invested a lot of assets in the quarterback and just giving up anything extra would be kind of ridiculous. Uh, so for Kirk Cousins, to me, if you're the Vikings and you can get stuff for him, your team stinks and you're about to enter the rebuild in a loaded quarterback draft class, uh, and he's got you know the rest of the season on the, on the books and that's it, move him. Yeah. And I think to me, the perfect team would be Atlanta. Oh, interesting. Because uh, Desmond Ritter sucks. Desmond Ritter, uh, who <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about, yeah. looked awful. <laughs> and he's clearly got a ceiling. And Atlanta uh, is a team that they're not perfect, but they definitely could be in the conversation for that division. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, so a guy like Kirk Cousins uh, could put them in a spot where that looks realistic. Uh, so for superstar, uh, he would be kind of a guy that pops into my mind as someone just watch how the Vikings were doing and and maybe some team will get desperate. They feel like they got a window to go do something. Kirk's got the rest of the season on the books and then he's out and you go from there. But the Vikings are going to have some tough decisions to make if they keep losing. You want to hear my not so obvious one? Sure. Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, the rationale being uh, the Bears fucking suck. But they, without honestly, him. Yeah, 100%. They're 0-17 without, without, without him. Like, even with him, they look 0-17. They look putrid. Eberflus did not draft this guy. I know that I, I, Ryan Poole. No, Ryan Poole is not there anymore, right? No, they, they fired the GM last year, too, with Nagy. Uh, some new GM. They didn't draft Justin Fields. If they get to like zero and six, why? I mean, like, why not? I'm because you're it, gonna tank for Caleb Williams anyway. Because it's a question of, and Trey Lance is a bad example because the 49ers traded him for a bag of potato chips, essentially. But like, I I think if Fields really struggles, that continues to really struggle, the market for him is going to be not that there's teams not interested, but you're going to get nothing for him yeah 100 percent. i mean you're not gonna get a whole lot and he's also not gonna go start anywhere else unless it's another well, it's an, I mean, unless it's another owen 10 I, team i could see i could see the jets training for him i just don't think they're in the i don't think they're gonna do anything else i think if any other quarterback moves they make are gonna be like let's go sign carson joe wentz. flacco yeah. carson wentz uh but I mean, I'm looking at it from a franchise standpoint, right? You've given Justin Fields. This is now his third year. Uh, these two guys did not draft him. They have no loyalty to him. Uh, it's not working out. You have a clear and obvious first overall draft pick in Caleb Williams coming up in the next year. If you are trending towards the first overall draft pick, why would you once again trade out of the first overall draft pick and run it back with Justin Fields when obviously it's I mean not he's done out. I mean he's done in Chicago yeah. like for sure I, I I like he would have to have a pretty miraculous turnaround for it to be like the Bears not to take one of those top guys yeah. so it's I think it's already over yeah so I, I could easily see Justin Fields being shipped out too. Um, Did you have one more? What's our next category here? Uh, first team to, uh, I'm sorry, last team to get their first win on the season. 
I think this is actually a perfect segue. Last team to get their first win. Yep. So the team that goes the longest uh, winless. You know, it's funny. This time last week, I probably would have said the Cardinals. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> They're a bit scrappy, aren't wow. they? Wow. Uh, we have four teams. We have the Carolina Panthers, the um, Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, and the Denver Broncos. Uh, oddly enough, those four teams, uh, two of them will play each other this weekend. You have the Vikings and the Panthers and the Broncos and the Bears. I phrase that incorrectly, but why, why don't we uh, why don't we pose this question again? But let's omit the Bears because yeah, I feel like I feel like they're the layup choice right now. But of the Broncos, the Vikings, and the, the Panthers. Panthers, who do you um, think is the last one to get their first win? The Panthers. I think Minnesota is going to beat the Panthers this weekend. I think Denver is going to beat Chicago this weekend. I think the Panthers are struggling. Uh, their defense is not playing bad. Uh, they've gone up against a couple good opponents. Uh, they've gone up against the Saints in primetime. Uh, they've gone up against uh, Atlanta. And they've gone up against Seattle, who uh, Seattle – they hung with Seattle for a little bit. Uh, but it ended up just getting away from them. And that's with Andy Dalton throwing the ball 60 times. How weird is that that the last four teams without wins are all playing each other? It is very odd. <laughs> that's you know? very strange. But I think Minnesota is like right on the fringe of getting their first win. I think they should get it this weekend against Carolina. Uh, and Denver, like they're coming off just a historically bad loss. Uh, I have to imagine they go into Chicago and beat up on the uh, Bears. Well, beat up is a strong uh, phrase to use, e- even with the Bears team that was absolutely embarrassed I, against, I really against the do Chiefs. Think I think it will be a double digit win for the Broncos. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, my my faith in them is is at rock bottom right now. I I mm. kind of could see upsets with both those games. I, I could see the Panthers and Bears pulling it out next week. I could see the Panthers, the Bears. I'm just honestly, I would be astonished if they win a game. I'm going to say the last one to win of that group is going to be uh, the Broncos. I- I'm that low on them right now. I, I-, I think the I, mean, so. I think the <laughs> they, gave they gave up 70 points to the Dolphins in Sertan. a historic fashion. Sertan looked like dog shit. And this, that's the kind of game where your team starts quitting on you. Yeah. And if you have two teams playing each other this weekend where both teams are quitting like altogether, it seems like uh, it's a toss up. I, I don't care what you say. I don't think anyone's going to go in there and roll anybody. It, Sean Payton is going to have uh, an incredibly tough time doing that. And it's at Chicago, right? Yes, correct, I'm, I'm thinking the bears might edge it out. I, I don't know. I think Justin Fields could do some wacky stuff and maybe get them a win. I, I just don't see it with Denver and the Minnesota Panthers game is kind of a coin coin flip to me. I, I would agree. Uh, that game is much more of a coin flip to me, but we are on opposite sides with Broncos and Bears. Um, all right, what about undefeated teams that you think will last the longest? There are only three undefeated teams through three weeks, which is really shocking to me. Usually there's a couple, right? So we got um, Dolphins, Eagles, and Niners. Niners. Uh, I'm going to stick with my guns here. I know that the Niners are going to be the longest to last year. The Eagles have uh, they have the Commanders at home. Uh, by the way, did you see that uh, a Native American group is suing 
the commanders to change their name back to the Redskins because they feel like it honors uh, a certain uh, ancient, well, I guess I shouldn't say ancient, uh, it honors a certain Native American chief. Uh, no, I, I didn't see that, but... Uh, That's interesting, though. This franchise always has some some <laughs> shit like some, that going on. Some weird thing going on, right? Uh, first, first team, or the last team to lose is, is pretty yes. much the question. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Niners too. Uh, the Dolphins are definitely close in conversation. The only reason the Eagles to me right now aren't in that is because I feel like their first two weeks were pretty close, gritty wins. And they look good. They don't look great. Th- this last one was, was a little bit more convincing, but, uh, the Niners have just been like, they've just been rolling like, like a college team going into yeah. beating like you know, like anyway. small school teams. Yeah. I mean, they just look like they're locked and loaded. And the Dolphins are very impressive, but it's a little early to just like kind of check the box on like them getting more wins consecutively than the Niners when the Niners have just done it again and again and again with Purdy. Uh, not that it's all him, but he's definitely a huge part of that equation. So I'm going to go with the Niners. Uh, so the Niners have are at home this week against Arizona. Uh, the Eagles are at home against Washington and Miami is on the road in Buffalo, which is why I didn't say Miami next week. Uh, we have Miami at home against the giants. So if they do win against Buffalo, they might be running it a little bit longer. Uh, Philadelphia is on the road against Los Angeles and Dallas, or I'm sorry, San Francisco's at home against Dallas on Sunday night football, which should be an interesting matchup. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it really could be any three of those teams. I mean, Philadelphia could sneakily sneaky uh go for a little bit i mean they don't have too tough of matchups uh the week after that they're on the road in uh new york against the jets uh san francisco's on the road against cleveland which uh, should be an interesting matchup in miami uh where's miami dead air uh they're at home against carolina so it really could be any three of those teams all right last one which quarterback's going to get benched first? Uh, the caveat being, you cannot say uh, Zach Wilson because that is just way too obvious. Um, couple options here: Ryan Tannehill. That's an option. Russ. There's no way Jimmy G gets benched. He's he's kind of. Circling the tires for me. I don't know. Devontae Adams had too good of a game. Fields. I'd say that's probably about it. This is a tough one. Uh, well, actually, there's one very clear one that you forgot. Oh. And I think is the first one to go down. Oh. Desmond Ritter. Oh. Uh, Who's their backup? Heineke. Oh, wow. Not that he's a massive upgrade. He is. I, but he's an he's upgrade. better, in my opinion, 100%. It kind of just that. goes back to what I was saying about them maybe being in the Kirk Cousins market if the if the dominoes fall the way they fall. They're just, mm. too, they're just too talented of a team to let Desmond Ritter be as limited as he is. I mean, maybe I'm just coming off of – a high of the Lions game and slamming the Kool-Aid, but I feel like he wasn't looking he too was, special before then either. No, no. I mean, 
he had a good comeback against Green Bay and then a, a win against Carolina. He was 0-3. Um, they're 2-0 at home, uh, 0-1 on the road. They're tied for the division right now with New Orleans and Tampa Bay, but uh, I agree. I, I, do not, I do not disagree with that one at all. I did have Russ down uh, just because that is um, – I feel like you have to do something at a certain point point, Sean Payton fucking hates Russell Wilson, Uh, which is a all too common opinion of, of that guy. Um, So I don't know. You know, one, one more note on, on this particular uh, scenario Mm -hmm. uh, or, or topic, I guess. How, how interesting is it that we're sitting here at week, week four and on that list of people we just mentioned, Baker Mayfield's name did not come up. That is very interesting. Baker has played pretty decently. I got to admit, I mean, I've always kind of been a a Baker enthusiast, but uh, I got to admit that this is a really good fit for him right now. I think so, too. The fact that he's always been the guy who plays with a chip on his shoulder, uh, and this is a team that has that kind of identity right now because now that Brady's gone, no one takes them seriously. Yep. Look, they're two and one, and they lost to the Eagles. And what, Raymond James wasn't a pretty game. No, but like they weren't completely embarrassed, and they were hanging around. And I, I agree with that. That that division is wide open. The NFC there's there's wiggle room. Uh, it's just been a pretty good fit. I'm surprised it took so long during the preseason and camp to just start rolling with Baker. And I, I don't know why it took so long with like the competition with him and Trask and, and everything. It seems like this is a pretty good match so far. So just a quick aside, but it is uh it is very shocking. I mean, I had them easily the worst team in the NFL um, this year, uh, except maybe Arizona. So uh, it's shocking that we're also not saying Josh Dobbs. <laughs> well, they got no one to <laughs> pivot to. Also, he's not playing that bad. No, he's no. All right. Um, Speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, let's jump in to follow the money. Okay, follow the money. Let's recap last week real quick. Uh, I had the Jacksonville Jaguars minus nine. Shocker, they lost outright. Uh, The under in Thursday Night Football of New York Giants and San Francisco, under 45. Uh, Thank you, San Francisco. Um, And then I put my nuts on the table. Arizona plus 12 and a half, who fucking won outright against Dallas. How about that? How about that? Um, I'd say maybe the biggest upset of the year. Oh, yeah, by far. And um, I'm I'm so glad it came when it did because I'm so glad that we're back down to earth with the Cowboys a little bit yes. because, well, my God, I cannot handle when the nation is slamming Cowboys Kool-Aid. I cannot handle it. It's never good. Um, Al had the New Orleans Saints plus 105. Uh Fuck that kicker for missing that field goal. That was some bullshit. Son of a bitch. Uh, he had KC minus 13 and a half at home against Chicago. Never in doubt. Easy money. Uh, and then the under in Detroit in Atlanta at 47. Also never in doubt. The uh, lock of the week was over 54 and a half uh, between Minnesota and Los Angeles. Uh, just a brutal, brutal loss uh, there as Kirk Cousins throws an interception, which I would say was not his fault. Uh, at the two-yard line. They also really fucked up the timing on that one. Could have spiked it uh, with, like, 20 seconds left. Instead, they were going to play with, like, fucking seven seconds left. Uh, so not good. As, as tragic as it is that it was that close, uh, 
I do have to ask at what point do we stop calling it the lock? Like, do we have to have a certain loss total for it to like not even be a lock? I mean, I know we're early. I know. uh, I know. I'm not pointing fingers or anything, but I'm Owen too. uh, You know, I know, but it it was a better, it was a better selection than last week. Uh, Let's get back this week and, and, I'll go back to the drawing board a little bit with my picks here. I'll say, I'll say, if we end up going three and three, and I'm three and zero, oh and you're on three, you might lose privilege. Yeah, we'll, we'll just so go with Lucas's lock of the week. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a look at the board for this week. Uh, the year to dates are now five, three, and one for me. Al is three and six, lock of the week, as we just mentioned. One, two. Uh, for the over unders, we have the London game of the Atlanta Falcons and Jacksonville Jaguars, which is set at forty three. The Pittsburgh Steelers are traveling to Houston, coming off that big Sunday night game. Uh, Houston coming off a big win over Jacksonville. That total is set at 42. And then finally, Al, uh, this one was really funny to me. Uh, Kansas City traveling to the New York Jets for Sunday night football this week. That total is set at 41.5. If you had to guess on how much Zach Wilson is being disrespected, um, the total for KC in Chicago last week was 48. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, so that is just absolutely hilarious. Uh, that hit, that total has also dropped four points since it's opened. That originally opened up at forty-five. Uh, for the spreads, the toilet bowl makes an appearance. Denver minus three and a half on the road in Chicago. Uh, this line was uh, we're calling this overreaction question mark. Uh, Washington on the road at Philadelphia. Uh, the Eagles are eight and a half point favorites in that game. Uh, and then following that, Minnesota, uh, we have the other toilet bowl. Minnesota minus three and a half on the road against Carolina. Finally, uh, we have Baltimore plus 130 in the money lines. They are on the road in Cleveland this week. Bounce back game for them. Uh, can Miami keep it rolling? They are plus 128 on the road in Buffalo. They've lost three straight in Buffalo. Uh but I, Tua, I don't think played the last two. Uh, and then finally, overreaction question mark. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams are plus 106 on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, all right, Al, uh, we both went two and one last week, so I'm going to go first again. You really put together a tough board this week. It ain't easy. Um, but I'm going to go with the one that I feel like I'm most confident in. Uh, I don't think the Eagles are capable of blowing out a division rival. I'm taking Washington plus eight and a half. Hello, I like money. That's uh, That feels so steep to me. It really does. I am curious if Sam Howell is injured at all, because, uh, my God, did he take some shots last week? Uh, but for a 2-1 and one team, I know that they haven't really beaten anybody that good. Um but no, uh, it does appear that Sam Howell is good. Uh, so yeah, I'm taking Washington plus eight and a half. Uh, I don't think Philadelphia is. Yeah, I don't think they're blowing anybody out by that much. So. Well, we kind of talked about it um, in our last segment a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers to cover. Uh, ah. Panthers three and a half. I need a fucking boost, and I need it now. I uh, I I really. I'm optimistic the Viking season will keep tanking, and uh, let's just—they're pretty much gonna have to win this game to, for this to happen. Um, 
I don't hate it. Um, they're going to have to try to figure out a way to really slow down that Vikings offense because uh, the offense for Minnesota has not been the issue. Kirk Cousins has been playing really fucking well recently. Uh, it's Minnesota's defense. So if they can get the offense going and the defense to slow down that Minnesota offense, I give them a legit shot at uh, turning it up a little bit. Uh, I believe Bryce Young will be back for this game, question mark. Not too sure. But if not, Andy Dalton is a capable backup. Uh, I think he could still go win that. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to put my faith in this team. Like I did in week one. Miami money line. Okay. I think they go into Buffalo. I do not think... Uh, I think Buffalo has been running a little too hot. They're due for a stinker like they did on Monday night. Uh, That'd be especially brutal considering it's another division yeah, opponent. division opponent, yeah. Uh, I don't think this defense is going to be able to slow down that offense. Uh, they did hold Tyreek Hill to, I think, like two catches the last time that him and Tua played uh, at the same time. Uh, but that was also, I think, when Tua took his first concussion. So uh, we'll have to wait and see about that. Uh, and I think Waddle will also be back for that game. So. Sounds, sounds like he will. Yeah. Which also, pure insanity, they did that last week without, without Waddle. Waddle. <laughs> like the third best player on that team, probably. Uh, all right, Al, board back to you. We're going to do an over. Uh, we're going to go with the over in the Falcons-Jaguars game. Give me money. Money me. Money now. Oh, the London over. Uh, it's a squirrely start time, which always... Uh, I feel like it usually swings the pendulum one way or the other. It's usually low scoring or high scoring, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Jags need to rebound off of a game. they That was a take care of business game for them. And, and they did not do that. No, they did not. Falcons also need to rebound uh, after a loss in Detroit. They have some wiggle room, but uh, they need to get moving and bounce back after a pretty uh, embarrassing effort on offense last week. So give me the over. Um, no, I wouldn't call this a letdown spot. But Indianapolis Colts coming off a big win over Baltimore. Uh, the LA Rams coming off a loss against Cincinnati. Uh, LA has now lost two straight. But I think LA can beat Indianapolis. Maybe um, Anthony Richardson comes back and uh, that defense starts getting to him a little bit. Aaron Donald is a big, scary guy. So give me L.A. plus 106 on the road in Indianapolis. Uh, don't hate it. I don't Two hate it. Picks this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to kind of copy you uh, in a different uh, category here. I'm going to go with another uh, spread. Or sorry, another over-under here. Uh, let's... Uh, let's let's go with the over in the, in the Chiefs-Jets game. I... I think the Chiefs are capable of... I know it's a really good defense, mm -hmm. but I think they're capable of putting 24-plus up by themselves. And if the Jets can score, you know, two scores, we, we, we got a game. Put a lot of faith in the Jets. I know. The Chiefs defense has been playing really well, too. I mean, they've been they've been much improved from, much improved. from the last couple seasons. Uh... But you have Mahomes, and 
the Jets do have a lot of weapons. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I mean, this is a, this is a sneaky game that I think a lot of people are going to be probably betting the under on. But when it's you got Patrick Mahomes in there, I feel like it's never a safe bet to do that. I mean, they're driving it down real quick. I mean, they've lost four points since Sunday. Um, if if the Bears are able to put up ten on the Chiefs' offense, and the Chiefs put up 40, 41? Yes, uh, which against a God awful, God awful Bears defense. Yeah, Jets defense is 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 probably the biggest bugaboo in in this whole now, equation. Honestly, they have not been sensational this year, and the wheels are falling off. Yeah, and the wheels are falling off pretty quickly for that team. So I think I think you can get I think you'll get more than uh, twenty four out of the Chiefs, uh, and I think uh, I think you'll maybe be able to get like six out of the Jets. I think they can at least push ten. I mean, uh, one ground and pound touchdown uh, with Cook and Bryce no. and and they Brees Hall. Do that. I know. They don't do that anymore. Look, they got they got to pivot. They got to pivot quick here because it ain't working. No. So they need to put uh, some points up. Poor Mister Salah is losing the losing the locker room pretty quickly here. You hear about the shit that Joe Namath was saying? <laughs> oh yeah. He sounds like one of us doing like these, you know. Like yeah. Homer, like Homer pods. He's dog water. <laughs> no, that's nonsense. That's garbage. Okay, speaking of dog water, let's talk Falcons Lions. Let's go Lions! Lions 20, Falcons 6. A much improved game from the Lions this past week. Absolutely. Uh, offense, while they didn't look fantastic, uh, got the job done. Dan Campbell was much more conservative uh, in his uh, play calling in terms of fourth downs. Uh, he did actually go for it once the entire game. Uh, Made me happy. Let's look at the uh, demands from last week, shall we? Um, we asked that they control time of possession. Uh, the time of possession was 32 minutes and pause. Definitely. Basically, 33 minutes to 27 minutes in favor of the Lions. Uh, we asked for 60-40. I'll count it. I don't know. If it's real. It's real it's close. Real close. It's over 50%. So, uh, we'll count that. Uh, less than 125 yards passing. Desmond Ritter, while he finished with 200 yards throwing, um, technically he finished with 139 passing yards because uh, he was sacked seven times for a loss of 62 yards. Incredible. So uh, while they didn't reach 125 yards, we'll give it to them for having seven fucking sacks in the game. Uh, 100% fourth down conversion, we'll give it to them because they didn't go for it at all on fourth down the entire game. Uh, no turnovers. Unfortunately, they did not get there. Uh, Jared Goff with one interception. Uh, back-to-back games for Goff. That has to be the first one in a while. Uh, probably dating back to their losing streak last year. Uh, and then Marvin Jones, 40 yards. Uh, I think that was four catches and 40 yards. Uh, Marvin Jones, I don't believe, was targeted in the game. <laughs> he's uh, He's been absent from this game plan. Uh, a matter of fact, uh, there was only four people that caught balls for the Lions on Sunday. Uh, the 17 of, I believe, 22 completions that Goff had – went to Amon and Sam Laporta. Uh, speaking of which, let's go back to that first week uh, when I said that the Lions have to get their young guys going early. 
Uh, what a fucking game for the young guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sam Laporta, eight catches, 84 yards, including a 45-yard touchdown. He caught eight of 11 targets. He looks uh, sensational. I'm ready to eat my words. And also, I feel like a big criticism of, of Goff has been the deep ball with him at times. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a pretty deep touchdown pass to Laporta. <laughs> that might have been one of his longer ones like uh, in as a Lion. I got to say, a lot of people could have made that throw. I mean, Laporta I mean, he's wide open. He was did wide not open. have a single soul in sight when he threw that ball. It was very similar to Jamo's first career touchdown. Remember that one against uh, Minnesota? I don't remember, but I remember the play. Uh, I think it was Minnesota. But he was wide, wide, wide open. Um, so, um, you know, he did also have another one to Khalif Raymond, a.k.a. Kenny Raymond, uh, earlier in the game that he missed. Uh, that was a little bit of a tighter window. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not fully sold. I didn't I didn't think Goff had the greatest game. Uh, I thought he missed some throws. That pick was not great. Um, but all in all, it's a Detroit Lions win. His rushing touchdown was sensational. That was really fun to watch. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, shout out to that ball was uh, kind of close to our section, which is uh, <laughs> I feel like it was headed in that direction. Maybe if he had a little more cannon on there, it could have gotten <laughs> up there. But. Um, Jameer Gibbs. 17 carries for 80 yards. Uh, his longest was 21 on the day. He had one catch uh, for two yards uh, on two targets. So Gibbs, again, not the greatest game, but he averaged roughly five yards a carry, which is good. The advertised uh, Gibbs versus Robinson bowl was not... Uh, not all it's piped up to be. I would agree. It's a great segue into our defense, uh, which, uh, holy shit, uh, we had uh, seven sacks, 11 tackles for a loss. We had seven pass deflections. We had uh, eight quarterback hits on the day. Uh, Jack Campbell gets his first career sack. Uh, he finished with, where is he? Six total tackles, three solos. Uh, the sack, one tackle for a loss. Uh, good game from Jack Campbell, but uh, let's let's get to the point here. I mean, this son of a bitch, Brian Branch, is one hell of a football player. His pass deflection on Kyle Pitts in that one where he was fully extended was sensational. He was all over the backfield. He was laying the wood on B. John Robinson throughout the game. Three tackles for losses, two pass deflections, 11 solo tackles. He's a first NFL player in history to post those stats. Uh, I mean, my God. And, and in a week where you really needed him to to be you know step up at the very least i mean not that like he was like massively down or anything but like uh this is a game where your secondary was pretty banged up and we didn't know what we were going to be getting and the fact that he delivered on that high of a level was uh was pretty amazing pretty amazing to watch uh the secondary was flying all over the place all day tracy walker who made his first uh start had six tackles one pass deflection jerry jacobs had a bounce back week, I would say. He had seven tackles. He made a great play on a, a Bijan run. Uh, the run defense looks amazing. Agreed. Uh, they had 20 carries for 44 yards on the day. Their longest run was 11 yards. That's 2.2 yards a carry. Bijan had 10 carries for 33 yards. Algier had seven for 12. Desmond Ritter had two for three. 
Uh, Kyle Pitts had a rush for negative four yards. Their secondary uh, needs some improvement. They they came into this game understanding the assignment that the Falcons' bread and butter is is ground and pound, run the football. Yeah. Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, some design runs for Ritter, and they did everything in their power to put that to a stop, and it it worked. They the Falcons' offense looked inept in many parts of this game. They really did. Uh, they had 183 total yards. Uh, Hutch had. Hutch finally, I mean, finally, finally, finally gets to the quarterback. He had two sacks, including a strip fumble and his own recovery, which was really fun to watch. Um, he looked, you know, good. It it finally came together. I mean, they were getting pressure on the def- or uh, on the quarterback, at least Hutch was, uh, and he was finally able to get to him. Uh, he had some great celebrations, too. Um, yeah, the but, stanky leg. Yeah, but the fact that we started seeing guys – we started seeing linebackers get home. Derek Barnes had two or a sack. Jack Campbell had a sack. Anzalone was playing his hair and fire for a little bit. Freaking mind, uh, which was a bit shocking. Um, Charles Harris had a sack. Uh, Benito had a sack. Uh, Aleem McNeil had a sack. I mean, finally, we're seeing the defensive tackles wake up a little bit and and get some pressure on the quarterback too, which is huge. It's going to be really exciting when this team can put the best of both sides of the ball together for a, for a full game. I mean, Absolutely. if that defense is playing like they were playing last week and the offense can play as well as it, we know it can when it's fully healthy and everybody's on the field. Uh, this is a pretty darn good football team. I mean, definitely a, a team we should be talking about as a serious playoff team. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, let's move on uh, to next week, uh, technically tomorrow now. Uh, the Detroit Lions are traveling to Green Bay. Uh, it is the division opener Thursday night football in Lambeau on the road, uh, outdoor stadium, which is a little bit worrisome. It's fall. I mean, uh, the weather won't be but too golf, bad. Golf's played good against the Packers too. So, um, let's go ahead. Let's jump right into the list of demands. I demand satisfaction. We had 10 penalties. At 10 penalties, totaling 119 yards, we gave up four first downs to the Falcons on penalties. Uh, three penalties or less. Let's clean that up. That's way too much. Uh, and you know that they're going to be fucking calling it for the piece of shit, green and yellow pieces of shit. Cheeseheads. Fuckers. Um, offense has got to – I'm sorry, defense, uh, while it is – awesome that they're finally getting to the quarterback and uh getting sacks uh the secondary is still not putting it together uh the fact that they gave up 200 yards to desmond ritter when he was uh just so atrocious throwing the ball uh really says something uh and jordan love is better than desmond ritter i would agree with that i wouldn't go too far even though everyone's already prematurely giving him his flowers i I mean he's done some nice things this year but yeah yeah, he's i would say he's definitely better than desmond ritter so we really need to clean that up uh i'm not asking you to to give us the world and and hold them to 125 yards again um but we need to cause turnovers we need to give our offense the ball and and let them control you know the flow of the game so two turnovers that's all i'm asking for we've gotten that one finally um so break the seal uh get a pick Cause cause some cause some ruckus. Uh, offensively wise, 
We didn't go four on fourth down. Dan Campbell did mention that he thought he was too conservative, which is probably alarming to you uh, because it's alarming to me and somebody who supports his fourth down calls. Uh, so I'm expecting him to go for it a lot more. I mean, I feel like he does it out of out of momentum and yeah. necessity. I mean, it's not, they didn't really need to in, in the last game. It's they just, definitely could have. They definitely could have. There were definitely times where I felt that he was going to go for it. Um, but let's not even get to that point. We were 4-14 of on third downs last game. That is not good. That's like 33%. We were one of the best teams on third down last year. 75% are better on third. Let's not get to fourth down. Let's not even have to worry about it. Uh, yeah, you, you got a lengthy list this week. That's only three. And I, I decided I'm going to start doing the team. So this week is three or less penalties. Last week was time of possession. Okay. Defense, uh, 125 yards uh, passing or less last week. This week, let's get two turnovers. Offense, uh, last week, I don't remember what last week was, uh, but 75% are better on third down this week. And then I'm going to start singling out a player. Uh, and when I say singling out, I don't necessarily mean like somebody who's been playing bad. Not in a negative way, necessarily. Not in a negative way. But this week, let's keep the momentum going on defense and through our best player on defense. Hutch, two sacks. Get some more sacks. Keep getting to the quarterback. Keep his momentum going because if he's playing good, he's going to draw more attention and more attention and more attention, which is going to free up the other guys to go out and make some plays. I think uh, that that point kind of pivots into my lighter demand or maybe not a specific demand, but uh, on the whole, I think this game is really going to depend on them pressuring and shutting down Jordan Love. I really do think that because I'm confident they can shut down the running game at this point. Me, me too, and I, I think offensively they can absolutely score some points on this Green Bay defense, even on the road, even in Lambeau. Uh, but Jordan Love to me is kind of the wild card in this game, and I feel like if you can really just shut him down like early and like just keep him contained, keep pressure, like get a couple sacks, like. I don't feel like he's he's not capable yet of climbing out of that big of a hole. So to me, that's kind of where it all starts on on defense and and just go go do work in every other you know area. So so what's the what's the demand? Pressure to Jordan Love, I suppose. All right. Uh, well, we uh, are going to wrap the show up. Uh, we'll come back next week and we'll see how they do. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Great Iron Zero's podcast. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all that good jazz. Um, now it's the time that everybody's waiting for. Uh, it's time for Lock of the Week. Uh, I, lo- I love the Lock of the Week this week. They say keep your friends close and your enemies closer. That's exactly what I'm doing this week, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Unlimited. Back in August, I was sitting at a bar in Yellowstone or in the Montana airport coming back from Yellowstone. And I was looking at the TV, which had NFL Network on it. 
And uh, I was watching highlights from the Arizona and Denver preseason game. And uh, I knew right then and there that this team was going to be dog shit. You did, you did call that pretty early. <laughs> Called that right after their first preseason game. Uh, they have been nothing but dog shit the entire season so far. They get a layup this week. They get the Chicago Bears, who have also looked like unbelievable dog shit through three games. It's in Chicago. I don't think that will matter. I think these Bear fans are dying to give up on this team. Uh, it is a joke of an organization. Uh, they have no idea what they're doing. So here's the lock of the week. Russell Wilson has thrown two touchdowns, at least two touchdowns, in two out of three games this year. I think Sean Payton is putting him in a position to fail. I think Russell Wilson is actually doing the opposite. I think he's playing much better than he did last year. Lock of the week is Russell Wilson over one and a half passing touchdowns. It's plus 110 on DraftKings right now. Uh, I think this should hit by a mile. But it's a lot. I that secondary on Chicago is god awful. They just gave up 41 to the Chiefs. Mahomes was doing whatever he wanted all day. I think their passing offense in Denver is good. The one game that he didn't throw for two touchdowns was last week against Miami, and they were getting fucking duped on from the start to the in finish. Full 60 minutes, and they were getting shit on. So. Uh, Log of the week: Russell Wilson over one and a half passing touchdowns against Chicago. That's feel like one ten on DraftKings. Feel like I kind of made my thoughts on this game known earlier in the show. I think this might be a sneaky upset. Well, if you can even call it that, because they're both pitiful. They are both pitiful, uh, but I think the Broncos have like a deeper fire. I mean, they got embarrassed, and I think the defense will play a lot better. My one worry is that they go up and Russell Wilson only throws one touchdown. They go up by like 28 early uh, and they just sit on the rock for the rest of the game. I don't know. But Sean Payton might want to light them up uh, after last week. So who knows? Uh, all right. That's going to do it for us. Oh, sorry. One one last yeah. note. Mm-hmm. Uh, until now, this podcast didn't mention once that Taylor Swift was in attendance at the Kansas City Chiefs game. <laughs> it's true. We did not make any mention of that the entire show. Your thoughts, your uh, takeaways. Was it was it worth the NFL posting 23 times uh, in within like an hour span about it? So uh, much so that where the comments were like trolling it. I'll say like in the moment, it was really funny and I couldn't get enough of it. Now it's like, all right. It's cool, but let's not get carried away. Man, you got more enjoyment out of it me because I was I was sick I of it. it was, I was sick of it immediately. I, I was thought it was so, so sick of it. Funny that she was sitting right next to his mom, because uh, like it's just been rumors to this point. But if you're meeting the parent already, I mean, that's really early on. I also thought it was really funny how when Travis Kelsey scored, she like fucking screamed, "Let's fucking go!" and was chest bumping another guy next to her. I thought it was really funny in the moment. All right, I've had enough talk about it. Let's uh, let's just let's move on. <laughs> okay. Let's move on with our lives. Uh, she was there. It's great. We're I can't wait. It. I can't wait for the next album. It will be called Seeing Red. Even uh, though she already had red. All right. Oh, yeah, Seriously, we're done. Uh, no more of this. <laughs> okay. 
We'll catch you on the next one, ladies and gentlemen. Make good choices, good decisions, as always. And yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Later. Thank <laughs> you.